Hello, hello, I am Theo, and welcome to the very first episode of The Hitchhiker at Midnight, where I hitchhike into your evening to talk to you about horror movies in 15 minutes or less. As an introduction, I'd like to give you just a couple of reasons why I'm the horror movie critic to listen to and not any of these other ones. Not your YouTubers, not your other podcasts, it's me. From now on, I am your lord and savior. That's how it works. Number one, I am a non-binary neurodivergent person of color. I'm not gonna bring this card up again, but I am sure as hell gonna use it to guilt trip you into listening to my minority ass. Horror films were made about people like me, and I am so obviously the fresh voice that you need in this day and age, because God knows that we need an Asian kid talking about horror movies online. I'm just kidding. Oh my God, please don't take that seriously. I was That was a joke. Oh my God. Number two, I am pretty funny. <laughs> At least that's what my partner says I am. Not to brag, but you know, <laughs> this has never been proven, but um still i'm gonna claim it here just in case it's true because i heard that people like funny folks that's what i heard and lastly number three in a more serious note i just enjoy horror movies i'm a lifelong fan of this genre that makes me so happy and my main goal is to just bring the same enthusiasm i have for it to people who might want to listen to what i have to say so in that note i am kind of like a horror movie mother Teresa, because those are the exact same thing it's the exact same thing so i hope you enjoy this wonderful little indie project that i've decided to put out into this world with a whole lot of love and care stay safe out there and as always if you use a gun in your slasher fuck you This week's movie is from our miracle workers over at Shutter Productions. Shout out and thank the gods that they picked up this movie that was written, directed, and acted by Josh Rubin, who is a master balancing act, obviously. So this movie is called Scare Me, and it's about two writers trying to write something in a Catskills mountain. And after they meet, a power outage comes on and they decide they're gonna spend the night together in the same cabin telling scary stories until the whole outage passes over and this movie hooks you in with a promise of spooky stories told like we used to in elementary school you know when we made up stories for effect to each other because you know everyone loves a spooky story even ones that everyone has heard a million times before just told and retold it's fun it's it's imaginative you can just take the same old elements that you usually see and create something magic out of it and this is like exactly why slasher films sold so much in its glory days in the 90s right it's just the same shit over and over again and this movie plays on that playground game feel of making up spooky stories for effect but at the same time it grows beyond that this movie is like a mashup of a character study and an anthology of spooky stories and both of these things are like fascinating moving pieces and you know sure that this movie gives us like some overused tropes you know been there done that like the cabin far away the thudding sounds in the attic the whispering noises in the basement but I think it all still wraps up as a fresh and fun movie as a whole. You know, like I said earlier, it takes 
elements that we know and love and spins it into a whole new thing. In this episode, I'll be discussing our characters, what I think of production and the plot, and whether I would recommend you to watch it or not. So our main character number one is Fred, played by Josh Rubin, is your run-of-the-mill, insecure, unhappy white dude, okay? And he does a flawless portrayal of a writer who is at odds with this writing. And I can attest to all of those dilemmas too, you know? The horrors of writing, creating, and putting your work out into the world, the writer's block, and the envy of more successful writers, and general feelings of inadequacy, and the very, very real horror that other people are gonna see what you put out into the world and poke at it. I feel like that is subconsciously why I chose this movie as the first thing that I review in my podcast, seeing as... I have been struggling with putting work out into the world for a long, long time now, and this movie resonates with me so, so much. And it's true, it may be that Fred is this soft boy tortured artist, he's a homicidal wreck of a dude who not only cheated on his wife, but also attempted to kill her. So that's bad if you didn't know, if you didn't catch that that was bad. And don't judge me for this. I know I just said that's bad, but the movie somehow endears me to him a little bit. You know, he has that earnest manner that's charismatic. I don't know. And I think the point of entry for empathy for me in this character is the fact that he is just a broken husk of a writer and that he's just trying to have people like him and be impressed by him and All that is very easy to empathize with. At the end of the day, I'm glad he's not really the bad guy or the villain. You know, when you see the movie, you'll get what I mean by this, but he is a bad guy. He's not the bad guy. He's a shit person who's been dealt with some pretty bad cards and is having a really shitty time. But then again, he is a human adult, which means all of that that I just said about empathizing with him means fuck all. Because this man is responsible for his actions, and at the end of the day, that makes him a piece of shit. All in all, though, I like Fred. He's a fascinating character to watch. He keeps you on your toes. And I think he's a natural storyteller. He has it in him to write something good. But it just so happens that he really isn't putting in the work. And the only person who gives it to him like it is, is this lady that he is jealous of because she's more successful than him. And there's just way too much pride and way too much envy in that learning curve for him to get into it for real. And also because she's also a little bit of a dick. So there's that. All he does in this movie is really just try to impress this much bigger writer because he he is insecure and needy for love, just like me. And the more he tries to impress her and at some points try to beat her, the more he finds failure. And that's exactly what makes this plot such a delightful, tension-y plot. The fact that they sought out the cocktail of the worst possible things to happen to this sort of fella and just gave it to him neat over and over again.
On the other side of the story, we have Fanny. That rhymed because I am a bad bitch. Fanny is, I like to think, that nagging voice inside my head telling me I'm not good enough. And sure, fine, I'll admit it. Fine. Fanny is good. She's a good writer. She knows her stuff. And the reason why she knows her stuff is because she understands nuance. And that's what puts her above Fred, is she knows how to design a story in a way that creates the maximum amount of emotional and psychological reaction. And she sets up stories in ways that make endings a lot more impactful. And she understands that in order to write successful horror, you have to understand the process of fear and how it builds and how it transforms. And this is a whole allusion to the movie itself. It's, it's so meta that the movie has details that copy this exact advice from Fanny. And it's amazing to watch a film preach what it practices. You know, I also think, I have, I have a theory that these two characters, Fred and Fanny, are just the same person in Josh Rubin's head. It's just Josh Rubin kind of like going back and forth in his head with himself, you know, and he's trying to figure out all these details about what he's going to write. And I think it's, it's pretty accurate to what happens inside a creator's brain you know but fanny fanny miss fanny is a rude person you know what if i met fanny i would hate fanny but if i sat with fanny and confronted that hate long enough i would most likely find that that hatred is just envy in disguise and that's exactly what happened to Fred. And the dichotomy of them is that Fanny enjoys feeling superior and Fred is inadvertently stroking that need, which is what makes their chemistry all the more interesting. A few notes, though, that I've noticed about Fanny is that I think she's also running away from something. The fact that she's in the same Catskills Mountain that she wrote her best-selling book in makes me think she's there for a reason. Maybe she is putting in the work. You know, she's out there really trying her best to come up with a sequel, uh, come up with a second book, but maybe she's worried that she's going to be a one-hit wonder as well. You know, these questions come up because she was never really vulnerable in the movie in the same way that Fred was. I would have liked to see an edge to Fanny, aside from her being annoying and demanding and tactless and being slightly white feminist. Sadly, she did fall a little bit flat as a character, but overall I think Fanny is a much more vulnerable person that she lets herself on, and it's a very interesting decision and direction for her character to have made that walk out at the end of the story, but at the same time, I don't really know what else there is to do if I were her. So I guess congrats Fanny for that decision. You know, hate this movie for the plot, for the characters, but there is no way in hell that you can deny how great the production was. The sound design made this movie into what it is, and 
the theatrics of the storytelling, the, the lighting, the use of the real estate, the acting, the cinematography, everything was just off the charts, man. I can't tell you. I mean, I can't get too technical here because I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm an amateur and all that. But this movie just came out to flex on how good the production is with those spooky stories, dude. They're all about the details, all about the flourishes that make the whole thing run so well. You know, as as I mentioned earlier about how they applied that same concept that Fanny was talking about to create a story, design it, put as much details as you can. And that's exactly what they did. It's like getting an all-you-can-eat buffet. And that's why I called it an anthology earlier. It's because you're like getting movies on movies on movies. And the chemistry between Aya Cash, Josh Rubin, and eventually Chris Redd was also so great. I just, I cannot possibly go through this without raving about how great Chris Red was in this movie. He was so funny. I loved every second of his screen time. Every line was delivered so well. And he just makes this movie so much more rewatchable, I think. And needless to say, I love this movie from head to toe. Everything about it was so delightful to me. It's funny, it's uncomfortable, it's thrilling, and just so, so well made. Let's be real. I have been looking like a fool these past 10 minutes or so, just praising and sucking up to this movie. Fine, yes, I have been. What, what, what are you gonna do about it? I haven't given much critique, and you can't blame me because this movie is so charming to me. Although I did read through some one-star reviews of this movie, and none of them are particularly constructive, but I think that a lot of people didn't like that it felt a little bit unstructured, which of of course, I disagree with that, but I think there are definite moments where you can see graduation in tension and in character, and some films say it's boring, which that one I can honestly understand. It's a film about the film, you know? It's a film about creating the film, <laughs> and I suppose that's not going to be as exciting to some people. And But for me, the, the whole thing ties together very well, especially as, you know, looking at how relatable I find the story. Overall, this movie is for you if you're any sort of artist, any sort of creator, writer. It'll be very relatable. It was for me. I loved the references to other horror films as well. I always love when horror films do that. It's just, it's a twofer for me. You know, it's all so many things that I love at the same time. But my advice though is that if you're gonna watch this movie, and you get to the first 30 minutes and you're bored, this movie's not for you. You should stop right there. And if the werewolf story doesn't hook you in, if that doesn't make you stay watching and trying to figure out what's going to happen next, I don't think this movie is really for you. So that's, that's my only advice. And that, my dear friends, concludes our very first episode of The Hitchhiker at Midnight. I hope you genuinely enjoyed our little time together, and please forgive me if I am a little bit new at this. I will improve in the next episodes, I promise you that. And I am so excited to talk about more horror films in the coming weeks, and I hope you do come back to hear more from me. 
and please tell me what do you think about this review do you think it's completely stupid do you agree disagree somewhere in between tell me all your thoughts about this movie please follow me on twitter at hitchhikerpod let's talk about horror movies in there but please don't be mean to me because i cry like so easily when people are mean to me and i like can't sleep at night when people are being mean to me so don't do that but this is my stop hitchhikers i'll catch you next time